Hi, thanks for checking out Liquid Chords. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that in the run-up to Christmas, and for a limited time only, we are offering 15% off bottles of Dead Rabbit through the DLD.com. Just enter the promo code Liquid Chords, which is all one word, and treat yourself or a loved one to some of the finest Irish whiskey for the holiday season. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Liquid Chords. My name is Connor White, and Dead Rabbit have asked me to chat to some of the brightest and best about how they got into music, highlights of their journey so far, what they're listening to, and what they're looking forward to. And hopefully I'll be able to tease out some funny or enlightening stories along the way, at least until Dead Rabbit inevitably upscale and replace me. Our first guest is Raph Murphy, who releases music under the guise of Uli. He's an extremely versatile writer and multi-instrumentalist, whose music has elements of soul, funk, jazz. Uh, he also happens to be an astrophysics graduate, Unfortunately, we don't dive into the world of astrophysics, um, mainly because it would be way beyond my comprehension, but we do chat about his influences, his record label on Friends, which is a subsidiary of Faction Records, and we also chat about our shared appreciation for Fall Out Boy, so look out for that. Uli has great songs and a personality to match, so I'm delighted that he is joining us for the first ever episode of Liquid Chords. Liquid Okay, Uli, I'm very happy to have you on, man. Let's, let's just ease ourselves in here on, on a Sunday. Um, exactly. Sundays for comfort and taking a hand, yeah, man. Definitely. Totally. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just want to chat about your early memories of music and maybe touch mm. upon significant influences. I was reading an interview with yourself and you were kind of referencing about your dad being in your dad's car and listening to certain CDs and that. But like yeah. so, Some of those had a... And I was interested to see some of the... Uh, some of the CDs he did have. So you tell us mm. about just early memories and those sort of influences. Yeah, sure. No problem. Influences is a, is a, is a, is a tricky one. And it's a question that I'm not hugely fond of um, because I think that like whatever, whatever you surround yourself with and, and whatever you're putting in your ears or whatever you're seeing, you know, what's around you, like socially or otherwise conversations you have, thoughts you have or, you know, even where you're living and stuff like that. Like all of these things kind of get put into a blender in <laughs> in your brain, as it were, and it'll come out in one shape or form, you know. Um now there are it's there are definite nods to certain genres and certain things. It, like people will pick up on some of the obvious stuff. Um there's a lot of there's a lot of reference to like old soul music and like Motown and there's a little bit of like you know, some of the production quality and the tracks and stuff like that definitely lean towards a more kind of like lo-fi hip-hop sort of palette, you know. It's kind of like a, the way that I like to describe it, it's just like a, you know, if you take old soul bands like Martha Reeves or like Smokey Robinson and stick them in a blender with, I don't know, your man from Umo and then throw a lo-fi hip-hop beat playlist in there, that's kind of, <laughs> you kind of get me on the other side, um, you know. But if, if, if we're talking about like musical influences and stuff like that yeah um it's funny because the my earliest memories of of music um I was I, I suppose I'd be a late bloomer you know I um I didn't really get into music until I don't know it was like maybe 14 or 15 or something like that and it was then I was playing I don't know 
a little bit of Blink-182, there's DJTS though, there was all sorts of stuff going around and like stuff that I'm not particularly proud of, but whatever, it's all character building. DJ Cami, Celebrate the Summer, you know, stuff like that. You know, so you kind of go through these these phases, but the ones that stick out and have stood the test of time rather, because I'm prone to having phases with music. Um, but I heard there was a Fallout Boy phase maybe as well. There right. was definite, man, yeah. the, the Holy Trinity, uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, Paddy of the Disco and Fallout Boy. There's definitely... I, I'm with you. There's definitely that, I'm with that, you, yeah. definitely. It's, I've, I've had that affliction myself. I'm actually not even... I'm not ashamed at all. Don't, you can't be, no, man. Take no. this to your grave, still slaps. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like... Uh, the, the ones that really really stuck out are the are the ones from from the from the from the <laughs> the car rides with dad like he loved <laughs> he loved them um, in particular he was really really fond of the film good morning vietnam and he had the soundtrack in the car and all of the good like the gold 60s stuff was in there you know there's a bit of beach boys there's martha reeves and um, nowhere to run is like the, the the first track on there um and that's very very uh, that's like quintessential Motown. Like if you want a good idea of what like Motown is as a whole, that's probably a great place to yeah. start. You know, if you've never, if you'd never had any introduction to it before, you know, and th- that would just always be on. And I suppose I was actually listening to, um, I was reading, sorry, I was reading a book by a woman called Celeste Hadley. I think that's her name. Um, and the book is called, we need to talk. Um, and she was talking about how I think it was either her grandfather or her dad were, um, like classically trained musicians or uh, composers, was it? I can't remember what it was, or maybe her granddad was um, an opera singer. Either way, that the details don't matter. But she grown she she grew up being surrounded by classical music and opera in particular. But it always was just kind of like background noise. And then later, when she revisited it as an adult, she like listened properly, and it was like it was like a whole new understanding of what that music was it was yeah it just got like it, it totally opened up and she experienced it in a way that she hadn't before and she didn't realize how strongly she was connected to that world you know she ended up even doing you know work in uh, in opera as well and became an opera singer um that's really yeah that's really interesting you know going from being the thing in the background and then when you used to become a better musician yourself and a better appreciation you're rediscovering something and like, you've just fallen in love with it in a totally new way that's yeah that's time really and, cool analogy yeah yeah T- time and place man time and place yeah. I, i'm a big fan is like you might listen to something one day and it won't do anything for you but you come back to it a couple of years later and it'll change it and that's exactly what happened with me i think um like the music was there in the background and it was like my brain was just soaking it up or filtering it out but it wasn't until i revisited it later just by chance that I realized that like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is it. This is the one, this is my, this is my jam. Yeah. I was maybe like, I don't know. I had finished up college. I was in wherever I was. I was, uh, I was away. I was on an internship in Okinawa for six months. And basically I, it was in and around that time that I started revisiting soul music and uh, it just stuck, you know? And before I knew it, I was there, it was coming out and what I was playing. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how that, that's, that happened. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like I just even when I was younger, I the, the first time I picked up the guitar, uh, I hated it, and then I put it down for a couple of years, and then when I revisited it when I was twelve, I don't know, it just kind of took off. So it's just it, it's a it's a time and place thing. Absolutely, you know, that's a great, great point. The um, going back to the 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 car rides with your dad. There was just reading mm. that reading that. <laughs> I just thought that was because I I can totally um. I can see myself in my dad's car listening to 
his music and as a kid absolutely detesting the songs he put on but then the older you get you know there, there's a comfort in that and you start to appreciate absolutely. it in a different way but there was one of the I was just reading that interview because you were talking about um, you know some of the soul tracks that were on the Good Morning Vietnam there's mm-hmm. another band on there called Enigma and, I, oh, yeah, and yeah. I, I just read that interview I presume this is like some some untapped soul band that I'd never heard of I said oh, I'll have to check them out and I'd urge people who are listening to this to check them out because it is the most industrial 90s sounding thing but really cool <laughs> but so like early 90s it's it's, <laughs> it's so good yeah, no. <laughs> what's that um Path of Changes or something like that oh, does it? Oh, I, can't, I can't even remember now but yeah Enigma and Deep Forest Deep Forest is one that you could definitely find but uh, I'll uh, I think we should definitely give them a shout or like put the link to yeah. the, this particular YouTube video like that is so, <laughs> the samples are all <laughs> yeah no <laughs> they're just perfect it's, it's hard to describe it's like I don't know um it's like a like an early nineties uh indigenous person rave. Yeah. <laughs> something. I don't I don't know. I didn't put that very eloquently, but no, no. anyone who listens it to it will, will know what I mean. It was a good attempt for sure. So uh and then what what when you were kinda of saying you rediscovered you were kinda of getting back into music, uh, what uh-huh. sort of do you remember like the first kind of gig that you would have went to that had some sort of significant impact on you in terms of and being a performer because I was reading again mm. a reading about you were saying you went to I think it was Pri- Primavera and you saw um, Lee, Fields. Lee Fields yeah mm. you were saying that when you saw Lee Fields you had noticed how people were reacting to his to him in the band's performance and how yeah. you know I want my, like, you felt like I would want my music to hit people like this yeah and yeah <laughs> so I know that was, I know he was a big influence, but was there any anyone else that you remember seeing earlier on, maybe the first gig, you kind of went, oh, okay, I need to do that? Mm, yeah, like that that very, that that gig definitely wasn't the first one to have a, um, a, like an effect like that really, but it's the one that sticks out the most. Like after that, it was like, yeah, I this is the, the way people are reacting or the way people are feeling watching Lee and uh, the expressions play, that's, exactly that's exactly what i want people to get out of my own music yeah. in shape or in some shape or form be it five people be it like five thousand people whatever it's like as long as people are feeling good and like vibing off in that kind of way that's all i really want um out of the live performances i think other ones that really stick out because i play i definitely played a lot of gigs when i was younger playing in like punk bands and like pop punk bands and stuff like that and you played played all sorts with different types of energy and engagement from from listeners and stuff you know yeah but I think another gig that really sticks out for me is I never really went to to many that I suppose would dick directly dictate how the kind of musical trajectory that I have now or the mm-hmm. or the way that I try and curate my shows or curate my music you know and um, but this was one another one that really sticks out for me that would have had like I suppose a direct cause and effect with what I'm doing now would be um, I went to see Takia Kurada, who's a, a New York based but Japanese uh, jazz trumpet player. And um, I had the pleasure of seeing him in this, um, in a blue note venue in uh, in Osaka. And I think that was like 20, that was November 2016, I think. 
Um, it was during that, that couple of months stint that I had there and I'd been listening to him for ages. If, if you're listening to this, um, and you feel like putting on some autumnal, <laughs> autumnal <laughs> jazz, um, he is like, cause he, like, if you listen to some of the, the, the big players and stuff like that, you know, there's Miles, there's Chet, there's more modern players like Winter Marcellus and stuff like that, you know, there's loads of people that I listen to that would be like, oh yeah, they'd be an influence on like, you know, my brass and how I play. But Takia, he, he is definitely the reason I started, one of the reasons I started playing um, trumpet or, or I suppose he was the, like the, the catalyst for it all to happen. Cause I'd been thinking about it for ages. I was like, oh, you know, I'd love to maybe play trumpet, you know, play like Chet or like Miles or whatever. Um, but when I went to see him in, uh, in Osaka, I came out of that gig and I was like, as soon as I go back home, <laughs> I'm going to save up and just buy myself a trumpet and, and just get, just get stuck in and see how I do. And the rest is history, man. Like that was, that was a game changer. And I'm, I'm, I think brass is very much integral to what I do and the music that I make. And I feel like it was, it definitely helped me. Including brass in my instrumentation has helped me find my sound and helped me get to a place where I'm like, I'm happy to put this out because it feels right. And it feels like me. Do you get me? Yeah. Does that, does, does that make sense? No, ab- absolutely. Um, that, that was, yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that because I listened to the music before watching any videos and it's, you know, it's seen on um video for why did you go and use your head? Um, mm. you were playing I was like oh god I didn't I didn't know actually that Ralph played played as well and that's really interesting to be you know you kind of get those feelings you know that, that, that those strong urges when you're young and you feel like oh I've got all the time in the world I'm going to learn guitar you know when you're 14 or whatever but to kind of go when you're a bit older and say you know to, to have that something inspiring so much that you go and actually learn an instrument because of that there I think those inspirations become more and more rare the older you get so it must have been um like a, yeah it must have, i can imagine how it was a, it was a yeah. game changer yeah like it was absolutely a game changer because like i said i've been listening to him for years and um, rising sun is probably up there one of my top five albums of all time and just i was just in a trance i was there like i don't think i had a really awful pint of guinness <laughs> pint of guinness in my hand i didn't even touch it for like the first <laughs> the first 45 minutes because i was just dumbstruck you know i was totally totally entranced um and yeah like it came out and it was it was i just said to myself like it was on my own and it was like i just said to myself that's exactly what i'm gonna do i'm going to go and whether it works or not you know whether i stick at it or not whatever so i was back working in a cafe when i got back home for a little while and i saved up some cash got a besson b flat trumpet started trumpet for a couple of hundred grand, and just went from there yeah and so and you, started you s- my my love affair with with the with brass <laughs> yeah and you seem very proficient at it too it's it's it sounds great um, just, <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> just um, you should hear me when I'm actually trying to get takes. You, you, you wouldn't oh, okay. be saying that. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you just about the so break kind of breaking into that scene. Would you had you released much music by that point? Because according to Spotify, you've Trap I think all love is from 1971. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I was but, waiting for yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to imagine maybe you weren't. I don't. Maybe your parents weren't even born then. But uh, <laughs> when, was was the when did you re- when was your first track released? And at that point, did you become confident enough with um, on the instrument? 
um, to embed <laughs> it. Was it was it on the first track? Mama was the first track, was it? Or that was the first EOD track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which was sub- subsequently taken out and put together on the EP, the Pack It In and Mama EP. Um, like I have been doing stuff for years, music wise. Um, loads of demos done with like the the other bands and stuff like that, which we'll we'll talk about later. But um, in terms of solo stuff, like I've been trying to find the sound for years up to that point not even actively trying to find myself but just like I've always wanted to put have a project just myself and see what I could do and just share it whenever whenever it was ready whenever it felt right but it never quite felt right um I'd put up demos in my own kind of personal soundcloud and they range from instrumental beats to you know stuff that was a bit more like Damien Ricey or something like that that kind of like mm-hmm. mellow somber folk-esque sort of stuff that was the thing that was closest to being released prior to prior to the the first UD track myself and a really good friend of mine Claire Lyons who actually does all the uh, majority of the artwork and um, for myself and Anne friends or she's kind of like the artistic um curator or artistic director like uh visuals and aesthetic director I suppose we'll, we'll call it it's 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 pretty funny we try we were trying for ages to figure out what kind of a role how to define her role <laughs> um, but anyway that I, I digress um yeah, so me and her had a had a demo together and it was very much a kind of like Damien Rice, Lisa Hannigan sort of vibe and that never that never came to light because it just, you know, it just wasn't, didn't feel like it was quite ready. It still slaps, it's a good song, but like, I don't know, it just wasn't the time or the place. Yeah. And then it was Mama 2018, yeah, like something just clicked. I don't know if it was just in my head, like a psychological barrier that I had over overcome or whatever it was it just it was time to share do you, do you get me yeah, like I, I yeah. it wasn't even a conscious decision that I was like okay I'm gonna put this out now it's just like this is the this is it this is the start of the my own project that I've been trying to get off the ground for ages I'm just gonna actually you know what it wasn't even that I was like here's this thing that I put together that I want to share with people and then the name came after and and away you go. You know yeah, what I mean? Just, it's like I think it's time to put the put the name on it and just actually see what happens. So Yeah, it kinda yeah. goes beyond what, what makes sense and the rules. I think when you find something that, you know, it's just so instinctively like feels right to you, then you know, you kinda mm-hmm. disregard everything else and you, you go for it. So no, I totally yeah. I hear you on that. Um and how how was that like initially re- releasing that, you know, releasing that piece of music were you afraid or were you just so confident in it that um you didn't really care Mm, neither to be well okay let me let me try and think back you know um the first the first thing that comes to mind i wasn't feeling neither either of those things really obviously like a little bit of um like if i remember correctly i think i just had like good jitters i was just so excited to finally have something that I can share with people that I'm really happy with. Yep. Um, and pretty much with <laughs> with all of the music that I put out or have been putting out, it's very much been, I've tried to keep do it in such a way. I only release stuff to because I want to share it with people as opposed to anything else. Just because I'm happy, I really enjoy what I've made and I want to share that with other people and hopefully they get it makes them feel any kind of way, not just good or bad or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that hopefully they will be able to feel something off um, something that I've made or 
maybe they get a little bit of the enjoyment that I have, yep. that I that I had putting it together. Do you, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Or when I listen back to this sort of stuff, hopefully they can get a, they can get a sense of what I'm feeling when I'm making this stuff or, you know, that sort of, that sort of thing. Hopefully it ev- evokes some kind of, some kind of emotion from it. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's pretty much my, the only way I want to operate as, as much as possible, just putting out stuff because I enjoy the music or the final pro- pro- product. So like, that's kind of, just relating back actually to the Lee Fields thing and, you know, seeing how, you're saying, you know, I, I, I wanted people, I wanted people to feel like that about my music. Mm. How, how does, do you, you kind of have, I know I do to an extent, but when you are, are writing, how much of your potential audience feeds in to how you write or how? Oh, but, oh man, I try to ignore it as much as possible. Yeah. Like it's hard. It's hard, especially when it's, you know, I'm not, not that there's like traction or anything like that, but this the music has seemed to have resonated with a small pocket of people so far um and it's quite obvious that some people are enjoying it you know mm-hmm. what i mean and that, that like i try to separate that as much as i can and i try to avoid subconsciously or otherwise letting what other people think or might think or might enjoy I try to avoid letting that dictate what, how I'm writing, you mm. know what I mean? I try yeah. to like, just kind of get out of my head. Like, it's like, oh, I wonder if this is going to fly on the label or I wonder, does this not, does this sound like me? Or is like, you know, is this going to work? Does this fit with everything else? Like, or, you know, I just try to keep it as simple as possible and be like, am I enjoying this? Yes. <laughs> and do I want to share it and leave it at that? You know what I mean? Like the potential audience, as you say, can be such a, can be such a thing. <laughs> And especially if you're if you're trying to make not necessarily a living, but do make be a creative sustainably, you have to find that balance between selling out is the wrong word, but like keeping your integrity and keeping it um, consumable. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, to, for lack of a better word, you know, it's like in music in particular, like the commodification of music and stuff like that is something that I'm like not. I kind of abhor but I understand that because it's such a tough for lack of a better word industry to ground yourself in and to work sustainably and for long term and stuff like that you know what I mean you do there is a kind of balance between like making something that's relevant and making something that's just for you you know Um, when you start getting a bit of good feedback that's when it gets scary in terms of you know you don't want to completely alienate the people that mm-hmm. you know but as you said it, you have to be authentic to yourself so it is it's it's tough to navigate that mm-hmm. and like you know criticism is another is another tricky thing in itself to navigate be it good or bad you know like if 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 you could make yourself i'd say the best thing for creatives <laughs> would be if they could like just put up like a little filter that would just get rid of all f- all feedback <laughs> you know what I mean both positive and negative and just let it operate in a sphere independently of you know you <laughs> yeah. do you know De- definitely. Uh, and yeah. I guess what probably helps for you is you seem to have a close knit from the outset anyway a close knit of collaborators um, mm. and I, I, I suppose that there's something you know um, you tell me you find security in that you know you, I know you work with um, the, the collective inner space and you seen I've seen you like uh, recently as well. You just I think you just released a, a collaboration with some with um, 
forgive me who it would have been Genova yes, and LOD. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Does 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 that make you kind of having contemporaries and people you know who you, who you work with? Does that does that help ease it at all, or does that even make it more difficult? Yeah, the the self doubt, the ever looming self doubt when it comes to making something. I guess <laughs> um, it's it's even hard to articulate because if if I do if I am finding comfort in it, it's not a conscious thing. It's not like I'm aware of the fact it's not like it's not like putting your head on a pillow do you know what i mean it's kind of like the pillow just finds you (laughs) (laughs) if that if that makes any sense whatsoever do you know what um Um, the more think about it it does yeah i think yeah it just kind of pops up (laughs) it's like aha i'm here don't worry um but yeah so like I've, i've been very lucky to to have just accumulated <laughs> friends who are talented beyond I don't know <laughs> beyond what what anyone would think is is reasonable. Like my friends should not have that much talent or that much creativity and that that like they shouldn't be that as good people as they are and have that much talent. You know what I mean? Like that's not fair. Like how can you be such a good person and so talented? You know? Um and like I'm just just thinking of like my like the main collaborators. I don't even like saying collaborators, but they're just just mates who I like to make stuff with, you know. Um like you know there's the guys Nelly, there's Fiaker, there's Adam, the inner space guys, there's like you know, there's Molly and people that I always sent to and there's Ev and stuff like that and there's like people that are always like we're always because we're mates anyway we always kind of gravitate towards each other and if like someone's doing something the way that it is the way that it normally works is like you know you probably turn to your friends first before you turn to anyone on the outside regardless Mm of you know their playing style or how proficient they are on a certain instrument and stuff like that like you know you'd always kind of turn to your mates first to to do that sort of stuff if they're that way inclined so yeah um I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's nice to be able to share creativity with other people again because that's kind of like how I learned to play a man. So that's where I cut my teeth, like playing gigs and like writing music and stuff like that would have been with other people. So um, because the Yuli stuff is very much uh, something in isolation, it's nice to be able to do both because it's you're playing off you're playing off the musicality of other people. You're playing off you know, what's in their head and what they're capable of. And, you know, it's sometimes it's just so refreshing to be just hanging out with mates and, and, and just have someone else's musical interpretation just swimming around the room. Do you know what I mean? Just sounds from someone else swimming around the room can just do wonders for you. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, there are times when I can be like stuck in a loop for weeks with just the progressions or the ideas or the little vocal melodies and stuff like that. It's like, it all sounds the same, but you step out and then you like go to a jam room and hang out with Adam and Fiacre and then you find yourself like noodling away and just feeling excited again and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, yeah it's cool. It, it It's it's great. I love doing stuff with other people, even though like for the whole, the whole thing with the uni stuff is like, I want to do something by myself, but I actually find myself like working more and more with other people, be it for like instrumentation or like I did some trumpet on a King Kavanagh track there on his new, on his, on his latest project sideways and doing some stuff for other people I can't mention right now, <laughs> but um, yeah. And it's just nice, you know, it's just kind of keep, keeps things fresh and it keeps you on your toes and keeps, keeps it interesting, you know? Um, be it like with friends or otherwise, you know, if they're mates, it, it helps. But yeah, sorry, I've gone on a bit of a tangent there. No, I, but, get, I get the point. Yeah. I, th- I think as well, when it's not necessarily 
coming the initial idea or, or the song is coming from yourself it's kind of nice to get on board of someone on board of someone else's you know vision i'm sure you all can't contribute in your own ways but it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to to get out as you said out of your own that own head space of you know um overthinking and you just kind of get on you you jam with people which is nice and before i forget because this Mm. this was like the the initial thing when i listened to your music i just want to chat briefly because yeah i know i could chat all day about this um the for you to release when you were recording the music listening Mm -hmm. to the sound of your recordings it's the recordings to i love the sound of them but you know it's like they'd sound different and it sounds consciously different from you know, other recordings that you're, you're going to hear. Could you talk about the recording process for you? I'm just really interested in, in on your influences on that side. <laughs> um, the, do you mean like the actual kind of, I don't know, the palace or the dustiness or yeah, is that, is that it, a... it, it, there sounds like, you know, I could be wrong, but it sounds like there's some, some tape being used maybe on some stuff. Ah, yeah. oh, I get you. I get you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so without my, giving away any, any trade secrets there, <laughs> but no, it's okay. Yeah. Um, in terms of like how the actual of the final the final tracks will sound, I I I I think I I think I know what you're getting at. The the kind of lo-fi, dusty overall yeah. packaging, we'll we'll call it yeah. on on the tracks themselves. Um, it was uh, kind of a happy accident. Um. <laughs> the the main the main thing that you'll probably latch onto will be with any with any tracks that are not in, non instrumental, um, but like the vocals and the vocals, um, they are quite they're done in such a way that they're probably far removed from anything you might hear on the radio. There's kind of like a lack of clarity and a conscious lack of clarity there, and um, that was originally coming from a place of not feeling confident in my own voice and not being able to mix properly. <laughs> and that was just like. <laughs> That was like, you know, I can't get it to sound right, so I'm just going to muddy it up a little bit. And, you know, as I say, anything you put in your ears is going to come out in one way, shape or form, you know. And I, you think back to like old tape recordings from Motown or you think to more like maybe even more current sort of, I don't know, uh, what's the words that people are using? Um, people operating in kind of like a slacker pop lo-fi spear, they'll crank the mids and sound like they're singing through a megaphone or one of the band, through a radio and stuff like that one of the bands you referenced actually was the unknown mortal orchestra, unknown mortal orchestra yeah. Umo. yeah and uh, that's that ruben and, and those guys that's like that's probably a big influence and because like having listened to that that coupled with everything musical that's sitting below conscious level um like in in the back it's like all the Motown and stuff like that. Like it, that was the that was the missing piece, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Motown vocals are actually like known for being quite pristine and stuff like that. But like you take those dusty tendencies that are in all of the tape recorded Motown stuff, and you take his vocals and kind of like, as I say, put them in a blender. Like that's I was like, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. You know what I mean? Or rather, it was a it was a case where I was like you can get away with not having clear vocals or having them a bit dirty or having been having them a bit scruffy like this is how you can do that and make it work and i was like ah oh, you could try something like that or rather than being like i'm going to do that that's just what, what happened hap- that's yeah. what happened and yeah. then it worked and i was like oh okay that's one it, but it's just as i say like in in the ear it'll come out in the hands or whatever you whatever you're doing it's, you know? and it sounds so it just 
to me maybe you know I, I, I guess the majority of people you know if you're not heavily involved in music don't probably overanalyze these things but to me mm. it definitely perks my ears straight away you know because wow, you're, okay. you're, you're just in a good way because you're so obviously because <laughs> you're so used to and like this isn't you know because I do it myself you're so used to hearing a certain type of production or a certain type mm-hmm. of recording and then yeah. when you hear that little bit of noise or that little bit of something different you're like I'm automatically kind of and it obviously works because you know it's obviously been working for you which is great you know <laughs> like um so yeah no that's it's great yeah. just before like, uh, go ahead sorry oh no no that's okay um like the, the the whole process in itself was was essentially just a bit of trial and error um just found a palette or found a couple of processes there's no tape machine unfortunately i don't i can't i can't record the tape um it was something that i was playing with for ages but everything's just done in in ableton um, i just bang on that uh, 37 waves plugin um, <laughs> just, yeah. oh yeah i know the <laughs> you one. know what i, I know thought, the one. i thought you I, know. <laughs> I actually don't use it no. like i got it i, I got it um I actually bought it because it was on sale during the during the lockdown. I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I think yeah, everybody had have up, to head up yeah, waves during to, lockdown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I might have to give this a go. And I just ended up not using it. Um, like I have particular chain. I have a couple of chains that I use that I've just like found and refined over the, the course of the last two years or whatever, you know, which is a good and a bad way because I basically have like a Yuli template and then I go from the bottom up, I'll have like a guitar idea and I'll put a sample underneath it, then I'll go to the bass and then, or I'll start with a vocal idea and I'll, a lot of the time I'll play like, I'll play guitar, but also have um my vocals recording at the same time. Yes. Because a lot of the time I find my top line and mimic it on the on the guitar yeah do you know yeah um so like i really really like doubling up or tripling up on melodies um if you listen there'll be certain parts where the bass is doing the exact same as the vocals which is normally a bit of like a "Mm -mm," you know what i mean like you keep your harmony and you keep your you keep your top line and you keep your 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 your, um, rhythm section kind of separate but i really like when the bass and the melody a bass and the vocal melody are doing the same thing and then there'll be times with the bass and the guitar and the vocal melody are doing the same thing and stuff like that. Like, I love, I love stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just like, because it's so much more, I don't know, weight or emphasis. Yeah, on, definition on probably behind the melody. Definition. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No. Um, and that's, that, that's normally how it works. That's normally how things pop out. I'll have like an, I, uh, a vocal idea that I'll try like find on the guitar and then just fit everything else around it and then I kind of get stuck in a loop for a while and then I may break out of it and stuff like that so sometimes the the process can be a bit little bit boxy um but that's getting away from the production side of things yeah just have a a couple of chains that work um that I've kind of like found and tweaked and yeah go from there but no no tape no no tape plugins or anything like that I've just kind of maybe it's a bit of a bit inefficient um like actually just finding a series of uh effects that work in their own kind of way <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. there's probably something out there probably plugins out there that'll eliminate and like free up some computing power and stuff like that just be like this is actually what you want in one package as opposed to having a, a chain like 10 things long but i'm like but i like it <laughs> you know that's your thing no i, uh, I get it yeah don't i'm not, yeah. I'm not getting into setting up buses and sands because it's gonna yeah. get really nerdy but um uh-huh. I know man I, I honestly I just it's like honestly I haven't a clue what I'm doing I'm just using my ears and hoping for the best like I think that's all you can do as long as it sounds good you can overanalyze these things exactly yeah. as long as it's as long as it slaps I don't mind yeah and I know you'd mentioned um 
a few, the, your, the people that you kind of work with, your fr- oh, yeah. friends, but just through happenstance are also a lot of people you collaborate with. Are there mm-hmm. any any other um, Irish artists that you you know that you kind of are into at the minute, or you are listening to? Or maybe they, maybe they are your friends, but mm-hmm. I'm. It's funny because at the moment I'm. I'm very much in a non-listening phase. Um, I go through phases of not listening to any music at all, bar like demos I'm working on or whichever, which is kind of bad. Like you should be keeping things fresh, but you know, I do find myself falling in and out of listening to music quite a bit. You know, I'll have like a straight run where I'm listening to everything and absorbing loads of stuff for a while and then just listening to nothing, you know, um, listen to the radio a lot when I'm not um and i'm not listening to music or and, and stuff like that you know just for something in the background I, I, I think that's really important i you know I, I definitely find that if i listen to too much music and i know people you know probably you know that could that could be quite surprising but i find if i listen to too much music or too many new things that i have this it's just a thing i do and i'm sure a lot of musicians do it too that you hear something and your initial instinct is I want to replicate that or do something like that mm-hmm. and I and it just takes you <laughs> mm-hmm. totally out of the thing you're good at and I like I find that I and sometimes when I'm listening to loads of music I don't feel that also contrary to that I don't feel the desire to pick up an instrument because I'm kind of satisfied through listening yeah maybe I'm just wacky but yeah no, uh, yeah. no 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 like you've no urge to hear anything coming from yourself because like all the boxes are ticked right now because yeah. you're you've got the external the external um the stimulus there that's cool that's a good way that's a, that's a really interesting way of putting it um yeah maybe it's just, it's probably the exact same for myself but I just didn't have the words for for it you know um yeah like oh, man like for the first time in like months I wrote the other day and I haven't really listened to all that much you know so I think like it's kind of like in in, in conversation or in anything like there's a, just a brief pause or like a, just a moment of silence or something like that can do wonders mm-hmm. just leaving that gap you know um or just having the moment before you respond or before you act you know and now that this is this is obviously the more extreme case where it could be like months of not listening to music and then going back to making something but like yeah no with anything like a gap is good but that's a total digression from what you asked me about <laughs> irish artists at the moment who am i who am i who am i big enough at the moment like i it is it is it is it's cool like i'm loving even though like i was heavily like involved a good bit with the music that <laughs> That he actually is making in his album. I can't wait for Nelly's album to come out, man, on the on the thirtieth. Nilo, I can't wait. Like, it's just I've been spending a good bit, of, a, a little bit of Nilo, and just from being around as well, like relearning tracks and just being like, ah, yeah. Um, it's funny. Like a lot of the Irish artists that I'm listening to are those who are like either coming out on the coming out in the label or artists that I'm working with and stuff like that you know because as I say like I'm not listening to all that much but a brief list um listening to a lot of Adam Adam Garrett um he's the keys from inner space and also a very 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 proficient artist in himself um kind of like lo-fi sort of disco buzz um it's hard like- to articulate but it's kind of, it's kind of like there's elements of parcels there there's men I trust there's Taro Imoa it's again everything just done in house in his own bedroom it's it's is, great is adam, you look like you're gonna ask me something yeah <laughs> it was adam who what did he what is he doing in inner space he, he oh keys keys, keys keys okay yeah okay yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um so i've been listening to a lot of him 
Um, myself and him have been releasing tracks together through our friends. He's got like, uh, he's going to have an EP coming out. I think it's not announced yet, but uh, 13th of November, we're going to, we're going to go in for, we're going to go in for a release with him, which would be good because the last couple of tracks have been like leading up to this, you know, um, and it's, it'll be his first like kind of like smaller, smaller project. Um, been listening to a lot of Ev, Ev Karm, who's another good friend of mine. Um, his debut album just came out there about a month back. It's called Awake and it's very much like, again, everything recorded. I'm sensing it. I think I'm I'm going for a theme with the Anne Friends releases. It's just like, as long as you're recording yourself in the gaff grinding it out, it's grand. Yeah. <laughs> no, big, no big budget shit, no big studio stuff. Just get that chin up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bedroom, bedroom only, please. I can't get over how talented Ev is and how good he is at like writing music and putting it together but how bad he is at releasing music <laughs> and just getting it out there I'm just like like the whole reason why we ended up like releasing the album is because like for ages me I wasn't the first and I'm not going to be the last but basically just telling Ev to get his shit together and just like for just like man please release something for the good <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> about of everyone all the time the amount, like you know like like I have the amount of artists that you meet who are just and there's something really like lovely about it that they're so so talented and they can just be playing in mm. their bedrooms and that that gives them as much enjoyment as playing in front of a crowd they like, you meet these mm-hmm. people who are just unbelievably talented but have absolutely no urgency which you know sometimes i there's something really endearing and nice about that but you think mm-hmm. about all the great songs you know <laughs> that never get heard because it's a damn shame yeah, yeah no <laughs> just but it's really good man as well how busy you know during especially during this period you you, you seem to you know you all seem to be quite active there's, and doing there's stuff. There's a bit going on. Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah definitely. There's a little bit. You, named, you listed three albums there in the space, of, or three, two, an album and EPs there, you know, in the space of oh. a couple of months. So it's, oh my it's great. Yeah. And uh, yeah. just to, to wrap up, man, where are you looking forward to heading out and maybe seeing a few of the, any venues that, you know, if mm. maybe the one of these albums get a, a live launch when things resume or... EPs anywhere you're looking to go and see a gig or perform anywhere close to your heart or as a result of the the live music industry getting a <laughs> uh, hopefully non-fatal but a quite serious blow over the last six months I've just put gigs like out of my mind mm-hmm. do you know um I just put them completely out of my head and I think I've only I've only been thinking about writing and just like doing bits and keeping myself like ticking over you know wanting to get into kind of my own like album mode and stuff like that and I just like I think part of me was even a little bit relieved that gigs aren't not 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 that gigs aren't happening because it's it's crippling financially for so many people and so many creatives and stuff like that it's the industry in itself is is on its knees and a lot of friends of mine are suffering because of that and I wish that weren't the case but speaking purely selfishly it has given me a bit of a breather mm-hmm. just to maybe focus on other things no mm-hmm. festival circuit this year class i can ride through the summer and i got an ep done you know that's sort of a way um so that's that's quite selfish but 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 um i am definitely 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 hopefully like i was meant to play a sugar club headliner and stuff like that like i think that would hopefully that would be one of the first places that i hope to get back to when i do get gigging again or just looking forward to going to just like something seated nice and intimate nice and small you know actually like i'm just looking forward to going back to a gig full stop um yeah just because i'm i'm all about like the the smaller more mellow stuff anyway you know yeah 
I don't know. Maybe I'm talking shite. No, take no, anything no, at this stage. It's a lovely venue. That actually, I think you were on the same festival, Bill, as I was. Um, there were like shows in kind of May time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. was uh, Eastbound. Eastbound. That was Eastbound. Yeah, was, what was Aiken? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you only are you only um, releasing as uh, sciences at the moment, or what else no, have you got in the go? No, so I we haven't released anything in a couple of years. I, I just released I released the first EP under my own name, and mm-hmm. um, in March, just cr- lovely crunch time when things kind of had, had shows lined up with John Grant and um, Margaret Glasby, a couple of tours, and just a sick. Uh, just it was look looked like it was going to go you know really well but mm, mm. like for everyone as you mentioned um live scene is now not happening for a while so those have been postponed but hopefully you know next year but as you said it's nice to kind of it's good you know I, I totally get you you have to have silver linings in these things or and your silver lining has been able has been you being able to record an album and or start recording towards your album by the sound of it and yeah it's been good and also been nice to just kind of do this podcast i'm sure and ha- have, a, <laughs> exactly. have a glass have a glass yeah, have a glass, glass. Yeah. yeah there you go um <laughs> but anything raf anything you we should be directing our listeners to um that you would like to share yeah any of the releases that are coming out on on friends would would be would be nice given given some friends uh some friends of mine some well-deserved love um and then because i hate bigging up my own stuff like i, I, I I'm, get I'm weird starting when, to get the picture when, i'm starting like, to get a picture here yeah. <laughs> like i just don't maybe like we, doing it we'll get your friends onto the podcast and they can talk about your music <laughs> and be like yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but i just get weird like if anyone like compliments like the music or like compliments me in general I tend to like shrivel up and just be like okay thanks this <laughs> <laughs> makes me so uncomfortable so it's like have you like someone last me was like have you got anything out that like people should be listening to and it's like yeah but like what about this other thing that has nothing got to do with me <laughs> you know we just like hand that off yeah so any of the Anne Friends releases would be would be would be a nice place to start and then I suppose if you want to listen to bit, anything a bit of myself and we weren't too if, pushed we could maybe check out some of your stuff if you're too. not yeah. yeah if you find yourself you know if you find your thumbs idle and you land on spotify or Bandcamp or something like that you could type in yuli and maybe have a listen to something like cold water or um i recently put out an ep it was at the end of the summer um it's the last day of summer when i came out it's also my dad's birthday and it's called uh, if you were a day you'd be sunday uh songs to go walking to and it's a little five five six tracks um that have been put together finished up over lockdown i guess but um have been in the works for the last year or two i suppose <laughs> excellent well yeah. I'll I'll definitely be doing I'll not do it now because I don't want to embarrass you, but I'll be doing a lovely little light drum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like if you do if you start doing that now, I'm just gone. Like <laughs> I really, really love the stuff and um we we all do. So um good luck. Thank man, you, dude. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for doing it. And um good luck with the next few months. No oh, man, thanks for having me. Much appreciated.
So that was Uli, and you can hear a song called Water. According to the Urban Dictionary, Uli means an extremely lovable human being who makes people feel safe. And I have to say, I definitely felt safe. Um, to borrow his analogy, I felt like his pillow. Or did he feel like mine? I'm not too sure. But I know he's reluctant to hype his own music, so I will. Please check him out across all his socials and listen to his latest EP, If You Were A Day You'd Be Sunday. For 15% off bottles of Dead Rabbit, use the code LIQUIDCORDS, which is all one word, at the DLD.com, which is now offering free delivery across the island of Ireland. Our guest next week will be Jealous of the Birds, so if you have any questions, please fire them across on Instagram at Dead Rabbit Whiskey. Until then, take care and be good. Oh,